Hi guys! Welcome back to Triple M Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. And I'm Felicia. And we've been gone a while. It hasn't been a... It's not even been like a whole week. I mean, it feels like that. It feels like it. To me. Well, because... We're screwing off. This is ridiculous. We gotta get with the game. We gotta get with the game. Consistency. Consistency is key in anything. We got into these dream boards and everything else went out the window. I think the dream boards were like an effective. Oh, I agree. Um, what is it? I feel like I got a lot of shit on the board and I was like, damn, I want a lot of shit. I guess I got to do things to get the shit. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not the most potato shit I've ever heard. Speaking of potato shit, you launched your personal page for your yes, followers. Yes, I have a Facebook page. Um, it's called Fee. Or it's at uh, Pink Puma ninety five. It's easier to find that way. But P H I, yeah, P H I, P H I. Protected health information. Protective health information. <laughs> that is me, you guys. And I'm gonna start posting videos on there. I'm gonna start posting some videos on YouTube. Oh, now that you've told them, you have to be accountable. I know. That's, that's why, why I, I told said them anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, if I talk about it, then I have to actually do it. Right, which is why I'm talking about it. Damn. So, I'm going to start doing some videos, too. God. If you haven't followed Crystal on Neurodiverse Nurse, get the help you need to get your shit together. Yes. At Neurodiverse Nurse. For those of you who don't know how to spell neuro, it's N-E-U, not N-U-E. N-E-U. Those of you, those of you who are me. Diverse Nurse. <laughs> I got a spelling issue. Spelling is not my strong... Thank God for computers. That's all I have to say. That's my personal coaching page. I'm working on launching launching a coaching website, um, but I also sp- share some pretty cool stuff. And I'm gonna start making videos. I guess right. So. She's gonna it's gonna get a sample of what she does and how what she does helps her in her life. Yeah, and helps her function and manage things better, and how she wants to help other people function and manage things better. With their own lives. Exactly. So, uh, speaking of neuro. Yes. What's our story about today? Today we are talking about one of my favorite Roman emperors, Nero. 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 As opposed to Nero. You like it? You see what I did there? I see what you did there. You see what I did there? I'm going to laugh. Oh, You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> see? The audience thinks oh, it's that hilarious. Was a, that was a leg slapper. Yep. <laughs> All right. We're doing all episodes standing up from now on. Is it better that it's, way? There's a vibe. It's a whole vibe. I, 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 I. I feel like I could punch you from here. Like if I got too irritated with you. Why would you ever want to punch me? You know, I'm a violent person. Why are you a violent bitch? Uh, only inside. I control my violent tendencies yeah, keep now. keep it inside. Like all That's, your emotions, keep them inside. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very you. Not me. You. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm an Enneagram 8. We're angry people. We need to do an Enneagram episode because I feel like not enough people know about it. And since I've learned about it, it's been very interesting. Yeah. There's different, like, there's different ways to ca- categorize yourself. And if you look at all the different ways, you're ca- like, what your character is, it starts to make sense when you can pull things from other areas. Yeah, yeah. You have to pretty much piece it all together. Right. But- you know, of all of my interests in all the different psychological profiles and tests and everything, um, the Enneagram is my favorite by far. I never really felt like I fit into anything in particular with the other tests. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I felt like I fit in with them, but there were still pieces. Like, so I'm right. an ENFP and then BTI, but I would meet other ENFPs and I would be like, I'm not like these people. Right. Like, I'm a little like them, but in some ways I'm really not. So I felt super isolated. <coughs> Ooh. Ew. It's not Rona. <laughs> you have the Rona for the 45th time this no, year? No, no, I don't. I never had it. Always tested negative. If you talk about the cough, you don't have to edit the cough out later. That's right? why I so talk we're about saving it. ourselves work. Because I'm like, I got a cough and I don't feel like working on this. If anybody wants to hear me cough again. Yeah, I also realized as well. Let me finish my one statement about right. personality stuff. So and then I'll com- comment on your cough. Um, <laughs> so like ENFP didn't feel like I fit in with that. Uh, what other tests have I taken? Um, there's one called Attitudinal Psych that this guy from the MBTI community created. Have you seen the new one? The difficult person test? Are you a difficult oh, person? I've taken that and I won't share my results. because <laughs> <laughs> I, People don't need to see that. Not a good look. Not, Not a, good, a look. good look. Um, so <laughs> anyway, when I took the Enneagram and I've actually it's taken me three years to figure out what my Enneagram type actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about Enneagram is it kind of slaps you in the face. Like, here's all of the reasons that you are who you are. And you're like, first of all, this is not it. And I realized that I refused to accept it because I despised it because mm-hmm. I believe that my father is also the same Enneagram type. And I grew up a daddy's girl, although we're estranged now for my own personal mental health. Um, I was very close to my father. So, but he's an ESTJ in MBTI, which is very different than what my MBTI is. So I'm like, oh, I'm not that much like my dad. I'm more like my mom in that way. But um, anyway, I realized I was suppressing it and like refusing to accept that that's what type I could possibly even be. Like, I didn't even consider it a possibility because I was like, this is my dad and I hate my dad, right? Like- Dude, that's strong. It's strong. and. I try not to hate him. I try to have empathy for him. But, like, I don't want to be him, basically. Right, right. I really do not want to be who he is as a person. But I think... And so, what I realized, though, was that he's, like, the very unhealthy level of our number. You express it in different ways. And I have integrated towards two, which we'll talk about later if we do an Enneagram episode. But... Um, it finally kind of made me feel at home and it gave me this sense of like being able to accept who I am for what I am. And so I love the Enneagram. So I'll be happy to do that. There's actually a lot of great Enneagram podcasts out there. If you're interested into looking into those, um, a lot of coaches use Enneagram and I plan on using some of that in my own coaching practice. Um, and I'm halfway through with my coaching certifications. So. Congratulations. I'm so excited for you. I am I so want to see you go on to do great things. And I already have a couple of clients I'm helping for free. Um, part of the reason I'm not charging them is because I have to get some of that LLC legality <laughs> stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. And get some insurance because I don't want somebody trying to sue me. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's very important. <laughs> very important. But As a disclaimer, everything on this podcast is said for the purposes of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, I am excited. So you're getting stuff launched. I'm getting stuff launched. We launched a Patreon. We launched a Patreon. Uh, we have done nothing with the Patreon. We have not looked at it ever since. We made a video for it. The video's pretty cool. We look cute in it. (laughs) And, you know, real life just keeps getting in the way. I got all these kids. I can't sell them on the black market. We tried. Um, We tried. But they, they were like, they no, they're give damaged. Us some money. Yeah, yeah, that they're too. They're like, this one keeps talking. This one don't talk. <laughs> no. 
this is biting her nails in the corner. This yeah. one yells. What the hell? <laughs> right. Yeah. So couldn't sell the kids off. Um, still have to keep a real job because this ain't paying the bills yet. So I mean, if you guys want us to do this continually, if you want new episodes like three or four times a week, pay our bills. I mean, even if you pay my bills, I'm not doing episodes three or four times a week. <laughs> I will get on here by myself and just like read my journal to you. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, actually, you know, so one of the things I wanted to offer on my Patreon was reading stories to people, right? Right. And you know why? Because it happened to you last night. Tell tell the audience what happened to you when you were reading the kids a bedtime oh story. Oh my God. <laughs> These little, mm, okay, they're like, came up to me and usually their mom reads them the story and they came to me like, Flea, you're going to read a story and they're all sitting in the room. I'm like, yeah. I open the book. I start reading. I didn't even get through the first page. They're like, you can't read. <laughs> first thing they say, you're like, you can't read, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm looking at the words. I'm saying the words. How do you want me to read this in the next page? I did. I was doing, in my mind, I was doing different voices for each of the animals. They, I only have two voices I can do. And so there are different variations of those two voices. And they were like, that's not how that animal sounds. Why do you keep doing the same voice for each page? So I started to switch it up. And they're like, that animal's Australian. Why are you using a British accent? <laughs> They're huge on the Australian British thing because they are all obsessed with Australian YouTubers. And so they know these Australian accents that I don't know. Right. Like I, I can't do Australian for shit. Me and either. I have a best friend that's Australian. I Shout out to Leah. Mm. Excellent artist. If you want to check her out on yeah, my Facebook. Check page. out Leah. Leah uh, at L H D Art. Um on Facebook. She's also got a loose facts going on right now, which is a uh, art project to bring awareness to invisible diseases and one of them that she has is called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome which is basically you have too much flexibility in your joints so your mm -hmm. joints can pop out of place all the time and it's pretty painful and she has to be very careful about how she moves and walks and <clears throat> anyway so she created this really cute artwork um, of like these animals that have like loose springy joints and stuff. Oh. It's so adorable. I'm obsessed with it. I can't wait to order a coffee cup with a picture of the little zebra that she made. Or zebra. Maybe zebra. they say zebra in Australia. Anyway, so I have a best friend that's Australian and like I still can't do the accent. I love how you can tell we haven't done this enough or we haven't been on here in a long time. Because we're running we're our mouths. We just keep going. <laughs> like, we have so much shit to say, you guys. Like... <laughs> Maybe we do need to cut down to once a week episodes then. So we have more stuff to say At the, every week. Every week. Every week, new shit, same shit, kids, <laughs> weather. <laughs> so I wanted to, on our Patreon, mm -hmm. um, read stories to people. Okay. Because that's actually something I used to do in a Facebook group that I ran that became very popular. And people loved it. And I was like, I'm going to do this, right? Because I'm so good at reading stories. And right. my kids have always loved it. I use different voices for different characters. I you did, know. too. That's very... <laughs> <laughs> well, yours clearly weren't good enough. <laughs> and they kept yelling at me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you enjoy the... Oh. Do you want me to make them apologize? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no, it's fine. Yeah. So um, I already threatened them to burn the book. Yeah, that was I'm like, if y'all let me read this book, I will burn this book. We're having a book burning tonight. <laughs> you did say that when you came in the room. Oh, my God. Um, so anyway, I basically was going to do that. But then I realized copyright for copyright reasons. Mm -hmm. I can't just read books. No, you have to like. You can. 
So, so this is what I realized after that. I've got to write children's stories now. Hey. Because the only way I can read people books is if I have the rights to the books that I'm reading. Right. And here's the thing. You got to illustrate children's stories. I mean, maybe I won't illustrate them. Okay. I'll just write them. I got a couple. You can illustrate them. My first dollar of the day. Awkward silence. It wasn't awkward silence. I was flabbergasted. That you were going to illustrate them? I was like, illustrate who? All your characters going to look the same because all the voices look the same. You can make my first book with those little bunnies that you drew. That's Totoro. Okay, that. Whatever that is. <laughs> Just change it up a bit. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. I, I can draw cute characters. All right. I can do, do that. All right. I love your yellow Aaliyah shirt. Thank you. Your, your crop top in it. Fifi got me into a crop top this last week, and now I own four crop tops. What is life? So weird. Crop tops are life. Where if you are, you're not living life unless you rock in a crop top. Yeah, that, I mean that's you're missing your out. Philosophy and crop tops, short skirts, short shorts, just like be free. Just anything short. Basically. Anything Walk short. around naked. I mean, if I could, I would. <laughs> you're keeping me young. That's what I love. I'm gonna be 35 this year. And I'm going to feel like I'm still in my 20s, thanks to you. So let's hear about Nero. I'm pretty psyched. Uh, I've been carrying a lot of aggression this last week. So you're so. going to have a lot of you're going to have a lot to say about his entire. It's a very long story. So let's just like get this started. Hi, guys. Welcome to our podcast. Mental Miss and Mysteries. It's all right. It's OK. But you should listen anyway. So, we're going to talk about Nero today, and before we start... What the fuck is up, B? Did I miss that? Yeah, I have to do it. You have... What the <laughs> fuck is up, Crystal? <laughs> I sat over here and was, like, ready to, like, give you my whole spiel, and then now I just want to go back to bed. This reminds me of that one episode where we talked about how your energy levels have to match my energy levels, but like three levels down. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. This so is great. if I stand up every episode, you're going to get me on like level 10, which will bring you up to like level seven. It's awesome. Maybe six. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nero, let's hit it. I mean, what do you know about Nero? I want to know what you know. I don't know. know shit about Nero. Nothing. No, not a thing. Not a Not a thing. single thing. And if I did once know it, I don't know it anymore. That's the ADHD brain for you. I mean, like, if I'm currently researching something, I could literally tell you everything there is to know about it. But in five years, if you ask me about that same topic, I don't know. Not shit. even a little bit. I mean, maybe a tiny bit, but it's not important. To me, Nero was very important. <laughs> <laughs> was he a Capricorn? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Almost. You know who is a Capricorn? Who? Jeff motherfucking Bezos. Makes sense. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So let's talk about the future Nero. His name, he was born Lucius Demetrius. I'm going to fuck up all these names. <laughs> I see that. I'm going to start. <laughs> Lucius Domatius Ahanobarbus. Wow. Can I see it? Yes. Let me see here. Also, where is this from? Domitius Ahinobarbus. Anyway, this is from historyextra.com. There was no author giving to this article. Article, okay. but or a date or a time. All History right. Extra, please step up your game. <laughs> but thank you for your article. But thank you. 
This is the most in-depth one I found. Awesome. He was born on December 15th, 37 AD, in Antium, near Rome. He had not been destined to be emperor, nor did his personal ambition drive him to the throne. It was his mother, Agrippina the Younger, who became the overbearing influence on him, especially as his father had died. Oh my gosh, King Henry VIII's mom. Same thing. Same story. She was overbearing. <laughs> yes, she pushed him to the throne yeah. so she could have secret power behind him because women couldn't have power. Yeah. Right. Got it. Go ahead. You'll learn that Agrippina has a very similar <laughs> lifestyle. A dangerous combination of cunning intelligence, intelligence and ruthlessness, she survived exile under her older brother, Caligula, only to come back consumed with the aim of reaching the pinnacle of power. Yeah. Shortly after dispatching her second husband with poison, Agrippina seduced and married Emperor Claudius. I love how they said dispatching. <laughs> what a great term for murder. Right. Dispatching. You can still be monetized yeah. for dispatching. I'm sure Kyle Rittenhouse thinks he dispatched some protesters. Ooh. Did you see the image of him at the bar drinking? No. Yeah, he's out partying right now. Who was that? Wait, I've been, I haven't been caught up because I've been avoiding the news because it's pretty wild right now. But. Yeah, he like got bonded out and there's pictures of him on the internet now and he's at a bar with his mom drinking and he's isn't got he a shirt the, on that says free as fuck. Isn't he one of the... Um, Kyle Rittenhouse? I know him. What is he oh, doing? He's the young kid that's like 17 that carried the gun across state lines and then shot people at the protests. Remember? I did not hear that. Wait, what? I didn't know. About, I told you I haven't been keeping up because it's still a lot of shit. This was like six months ago. Oh, six... So that or like four months ago. Okay, I don't know. never mind. I thought it's, you it's, about, a, it's a been a been a go. Okay, I thought you talking about a recent protest. I was like, what the fuck? No, no. But I'm surprised you don't know his name. He was huge. Mm -mm. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> she dispatched her ex-husband with poison. Got yes, it. yes. And she's also Caligula's cousin. Their brother and sister. Oh wow. She's Cal he's Cal she's Caligula's sister. Caligula was her older brother. And she married Emperor Claudius, her uncle. <laughs> I mean, whatever way it takes to get to the top, right? Right. She limited her rivals and charmed Claudius into adopting the 13-year-old Nero as his heir at the expense of his own son, Britannicus. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch is wild. This bitch is smart. Yeah, no. she's genius. Genius AF. Her machination, machinations, I don't know why they use machinations. that. Machinations. Yeah, machinations also saw his daughter Octavia married to Nero in 53 AD. All that remained was to wait for Claudius to die, which came conveniently soon afterwards in October 54 AD, supposedly helped along by Agrippina and a plate of poison mushrooms. Oh, poison is so popular. Yeah, she's very good at the poison. I know. That's why they all probably thought women were witches. Yes. They're always poisoning That's exactly them. exactly why. How else do you get rid of them? Or dispatch them? Dispatch. <laughs> Not yet 17, Nero had become emperor with Agrippina by his side. Firm in the belief that she could rule through him, for a while, she may have been right, as unusual coins from early in his reign depicted a bust of Nero facing his mother. Wow. Suggesting the two ruled as equals. Wow. Which, I don't know, this is a really popular theory that we don't know is true, but might be true, was that they were fucking. I mean, very popular. Very. And possible. Possible. And probable. An unwanted consequence of her tight hold over Nero, though, would be the later claims that the mother and son had committed incest. Hmm. With reported sighting of them kissing sensuously in public, 
Even for someone of Nero's reputation, however, this is strongly thought to be a rumor too far. Well, I mean, who saw them kissing? People. Like, was there a lot of accounts of it? Yeah. Well, then it's probably true. They probably were. <laughs> for, all of her scream- uh, for all of her scheming, Agrippina didn't much enjoy her time at the center of the world. Nero preferred the counsel of his more liberally-minded tutor, Stoic philosopher Seneca, and the perfect of his Praetorian guards, Burrus. Under their guidance, the following five years could actually be described as progressive, a word not often attributed to Nero. Yeah, well, probably because he didn't want to be psycho like his mom wanted him to. Yeah. She probably hated those two people. She did. Yeah. Let's hear about it. (laughs) He, uh... He granted the Senate greater independence, tackled corruption, cut taxes, ended secret trials, banned capital punishment, and decreed that slaves could bring civil complaints against their masters. Holy cow, he sounds like a great dude. This is really sad. Yeah, I don't I'm think he sad was... for Nero. He wasn't meant to be... He wasn't. He didn't want to be, which we're going to find out what he wow. really wanted. In reality, the people had Seneca and Burris to thank for these policies. To Nero, his position afforded him nothing more than the freedom to indulge in his true passions, the arts. He wanted to be a musician and an actor and bring poetry, theater, and singing to the people. Aww. So the arts and the fulfillment of his personal pleasures. Disguising himself, he spent nights stalking the streets of Rome with friends, drinking, drinking, frequenting brothels, and brawling. Ignoring Octavia and the marriage that bored him, he fell for a former slave who later left for Papia Sabina, the wife of a senator. Mm. Was Nero a tyrant? Nero, no, his mother was. <laughs> well. And clearly only a nice, delicate, artistic boy could be so easily controlled by his mother. Because if he were just as dominating as her, he would tell her to fuck off, right? right. Like, so the only way you're going to get to that level of control is if you're dope. Ooh. Like, so obviously his mom, um, you know was the problem right at the beginning like his mom forced him into all this shit he didn't really care about right nero grew bolder and agrippina's control shrank until she turned on her son to champion britannicus instead that move proved both her undoing and the beginning of several formative blood-soaked years for the emperor wait so britannicus is the actual son that should have been on the throne yes wow so she turned on her own son with her stepson because he wouldn't do her bidding yes man she's a bitch what a bitch! <laughs> the first to die was Britannicus on a day before he became an adult in 55 AD. Although Nero claimed his stepbrother succumbed to an epileptic seizure, historical records suggest poison had been added to his wine glass. Next to go would be Agrippina herself in 59 AD. So he's had enough. Yes. He's like, I know how to use poison because my mom's the poison witch. So let Basically. me just start using her shit on her because I'm sick of her shit. Sick of her shit. Sick of her shit. Nero wanted her death to look like an accident, so according to Sestanius, which is the Roman who accounted all of Nero's life and like put out the stories, oh, okay, came up with the idea of a booby trap boat which would fall apart in the water. In the final show of her domineering personality, she survived the sinking and swam to shore. <laughs> yeah, like duh. <laughs> So they didn't think she might could possibly swim when no, they attached this genius like, plan. This bitch can't swim. Just no. Wow. So Nero had to send assassins. Definitely a witch. She yeah. can swim. Mm. <laughs> Nero had to send assassins to finish the job at her villa. As the killers surrounded her, swords raised. The allegedly, she allegedly showed them her belly and exclaimed, "Strike here for this boar Nero." Wow. Yeah. That's a way to 
screw him up, right? Right. You're going to kill me? And I gave birth to your king, bitch. Just go ahead and go for it. They're like, he kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> She's hardcore, though. She was hardcore. I mean... To be exiled by Caligula and then just climb her way back up to power. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, was she a horrible person her whole life? Or did she just flip head on end after Caligula did that thing to her? Right? Like. Could be both. Could be. Because think about Caligula. We're not talking about him, but like, the whole family's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly. Then in um, 60, oh, sorry. Then in 62 AD, Nero lost these remaining figures who had managed to keep him in check. Burrus died. His replacement, a cruel man named Tigillinus, served with particular malice, while Seneca retired from public affairs. Mm. So his two right-hand men, just gone. gone. Nero found himself in absolute power for the first time, wholly untethered from any control or need to temper his behavior. So when he wanted to marry his mistress, Papia, he divorced and exiled Octavia, on a trumped up charge of adultery. When this caused outrage in Rome, he had her executed and her head presented to his new wife. Wow. So maybe he wasn't as cool as we thought he was? He was never cool. It was Seneca and Burris. Yeah, so he's just like easily swayed to try to impress or um, make happy whoever he's closest to at the time. Yeah. But since, like, no one's in charge and he's in charge, he's like, I guess I could do whatever he wants to make me happy. Did his mistress want that? I mean, if you're trying to date me and leave your wife, please do not serve me your wife's head on a platter. <laughs> he didn't do that for her. He did that for the people. Yeah, but, the why, Roman people. but why serve it to her? Just put it somewhere. I don't know. Put he it on a stake out front of the castle like they all do. He wanted to present Octavia's head to Papia. Rather than use this power to rule or even conquer new lands, Nero still dreamed of being an artist. Cheered by an adoring public, he played the lyre, wrote poetry, and sang. But Romans considered the idea of an emperor performing on stage as the ultimate disgrace, demonstrating a disrespectful and scandalous lack of dignity. Well, yeah, because he doesn't give a shit about any of that. Right. Nero, Nero either didn't care or cra- or craved the adulation too much. Yeah, the adoration. That's yes. what I was going to say. It sounds very narcissistic. He loved the Adoration. Perform. Yeah, exactly. He forced people to watch his performances without letting them leave, which Sustanius wrote led to some people pretending they had died so they could be carried out of the theater. Wow. <laughs> that's, some, that's some introvert shit. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. I don't want to socialize. Carry me out. Carry me out. <laughs> this is going on for too long. Oh my gosh. Perhaps this innate desire to be adored inspired his actions during the Great Fire of Rome in 64 AD. So this is what a lot of people know about Nero is like this thing where, you know, Rome caught on fire. Yeah. And that I he, didn't. I didn't know that. Oh. Well, <laughs> one of the big misses, Rome caught on fire, which it did. But one of the myths was that Nero was there like playing the liar on top of the castle just chilling while it was firing while it was on fire so he was the guys on the side of the titanic right their violence right totally ntp shit got it (laughs) the six-day blaze reduced much of the world's most powerful city to ashes destroying or or damaging an estimated 10 of the 14 districts and left hundreds dead and thousands homeless fire from fiddling while rome burned yeah they said he was fiddling on top of the roof while Like, what do you expect, though? Like, you got to, at some point, take some sort of action. If your whole town burns down, you don't even have a place to be a ruler of anymore. Like, Right. Well, he's the ruler. Rome is the city. 
I mean, but yeah, but that's like the heart of your people. That's true. An overly repeated and devious creation of the historical accounts, Nero had been at Antium around 30 miles away when the fire began. On hearing the news, he rushed back to the city to coordinate relief efforts, which included opening his private gardens as shelter and providing food. Yet no sooner had he seemingly displayed this rare example of pragmatic leadership, Nero couldn't help but ruin it. <laughs> Self-sabotage. Just do like like there's always those people who are like wanna do good. Yeah. But then they're like, nah. <laughs> well, actually, with most narcissists, it's more like, I've got to do good. Because that's the only thing that's going to bring people back into loving me. And then once they love me again, I don't really give a shit to do good. Because my intentions to do good in the first place weren't well meant. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. And such an extent that rumors of him actually being responsible for starting the fire began circulating. And have persisted ever since. Oh, he might have. Yeah. Also a classic narcissist (laughs) technique. Like, uh, nobody loves me anymore. I finally pushed people to the edge. The only way that I can get them. Oh, this is Donald Trump. Total Donald Trump. You could see so many. Um, if he had a choice to execute his pre- previous wives. Yeah, he probably. Would. Oh, totally. But just, I mean, same behaviors, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to trump up a bunch of drama. Right. So that I can then swoop in and become the savior from that drama. Right. This is just classic abuse wheel circle behavior. Yeah. Totally. He probably did start the damn fire. That's probably why he was playing the fiddle. He's like, I did this. Let no, me just he didn't my play shit the fiddle. <laughs> he right. might have played a liar. But <laughs> by quickly taking advantage of land cleared by the flames to begin construction of an extravagant palace complex, the Domus Aurora, which means golden house, Nero gave many Romans reason to wonder whether that had been his intentions all along. He needed to pass the blame and he found his scapegoat in a small religious group that had been growing in Rome for a generation. The Christians. The Christians. <laughs> I, knew that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> On Nero's order, they endured the most horrific methods of persecution from torture and whipping to being dressed in animal skins and set upon by wild dogs. Nero apparently delighted. Jesus in- Christ. Why were people so f- maniacal back then? I don't. Well, ugh. I feel like they're the same today. It's just like there's so many societal standards that we put in place that you can't be. I guess. I guess so. Think of like torture, modern torture, what they do to prisoners and stuff. But they just senselessly murdered people for like simple things. Like, right. The king's a dumbass. Murder that guy. You know, like it's. You can't make the king be a dumbass. Be the king. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy. Ooh, where am I? Nero apparently delighted in having men crucified in his garden, coated in wax, and set alight to act as candles at his parties. And who wants to be at that party? <laughs> Remember, people couldn't leave the party. They can't. Can't leave his shit. God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just having a moment. Could you imagine a person? And the smell. A person candle? Just a person? And the smell. A crucified person candle. I have a lot of aggression inside of myself, and I can't ever imagine just just doing that. Craziness. Go ahead. Violence and depravity became constant in Nero's life and resulted in the death of another wife, Sustanius wrote that in 65 AD, the emperor kicked the pregnant Poppea to death after being scolded for spending too much time at the races. So he kicked his pregnant wife to death. 
Wow, he is a total psycho. I take back everything I said in the beginning. That's why I was like, Ugh. this is how every story goes for me. Have you know this? Yeah. This is how I ended up in unhealthy relationships. Like, well, maybe. It's well, not I don't their know. Fault. It's yeah, their mother. Sweet. You're right. Your mom. <laughs> no. Nah, he kicked his pregnant wife no. to death after she'd scolded him for spending too much time at the races. Grief, sticker, grief stricken, Nero be, then became fixated on a boy named Sporus, who bore resemblance to his murdered wife. I knew there was some boy gonna. He had him castrated and married him. Why did he need to castrate him? I guess so societally he couldn't be called gay. I don't know if gay was a thing back then. Not like a thing. I mean, because the Romans were all sleeping with each other, right. no matter what the sex. Maybe are. to keep his. Because he reminded to keep him of his more wife. feminine. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So he castrated Spurs and then married him. That poor boy. <laughs> wow. Meanwhile, his megalomaniacal need to see the golden house completed threatened to bankrupt the state's treasury. Megalomaniacal. There we go. <laughs> I'm not a linguist. Spanning 100 to 300 acres, the complex boasted gold leaf covered rooms and a lavish banqueting hall with a revolving ceiling that sprayed perfume on revelers below. I'll still never understand how one man raises to this level of power with these kinds of insane behaviors mm -hmm. and the people don't kill him. I, I don't get it. We're getting there. Okay. Outside the centerpiece was a 30 meter high Colossus of Nero. So he had a 30 meter statue of himself. Of course he did. If he had an iPhone, he'd have a picture of himself in the background. Oh. <laughs> Paying for it had proved beyond the cap uh, ah, capability of even the empire. Nero raised taxes, seized valuables from temples, and squeezed Rome's riches. When that wasn't enough, he devalued the currency, reducing the weight and purity of the silver Gosh. denarius coins. Now it's time to kill him, right? Much Are we getting like, close? <laughs> much like its leader, the empire looked increasingly unsustainable. I'm sorry. Yeah, clearly. Unstable. <laughs> Unstable as hell. There had been a revolt in Britain. He almost evacuated the island during Boudicca's uprising in 60 AD. Rather than trust his armies to defeat it, long, long, clomp I about to say long, something else. Long <laughs> conflicts in Parthia, an insurrection in Judea, and an assassination plot uncovered in Rome. The purge of the Pisonian conspiracy in 65 AD, which intended to replace Nero with statesman Gaius Calpurnius, Calpurnius Piso. Claimed senators, armies, officers, aristocrats, and even Seneca, so his former advisor. They were all plotting to, like... Murder him. Assassinate And him. get him replaced. Yes. Yeah. Having overcome this threat and with discontent lingering, Nero left Rome, essentially renouncing his role for a year or so. He took two... I think that's what Trump's going to do. After this is all over. He's going to leave? He's going to hide. I don't know if he's going to leave, but he's going to, like, disappear from the public eye probably for a while. Probably. I hope so. I don't want to see his little orange butt no more. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a little butt. It's, it's a big a, butt. It's, it's, he thick. He thick. He thick. You got know that, what I'm saying? He got that little dump. Having overcome the threat with discontent lingering, Nero left Rome, essentially renouncing his role. For a year or so, he took a hedonistic, hedonistic tour of Greece. Competing in artistic competitions where he won 1,800 first prizes. Well, of course. They're like, if he doesn't win, he's going to kill us. Right. <laughs> and the Olympic Games. He almost died after being thrown from his chariot, but still won all his events. He reluctantly returned just in time to see his reign come crashing down. And this is something, too. Nero was, like, really into athleticism. 
Right. So he like started like games and like he would participate himself and mm-hmm. get his body ready all the time. So is he like the reason the Roman games became so big or were they big before him? I think, do you know, they were big before him, but he popularized he it. He popularized it. Yes. Yeah. How did Nero die? Nero did not consider it ser- a serious danger when Gaius Julius Vindix, a governor in Gaul, rebelled in 68 AD. I have only to appear and sing to have peace once more in Gal, he allegedly declared. But then <laughs> I only have to appear and sing. Yeah. See, does that not sound like Trump? Yeah. I could shoot somebody and I would still be president. <laughs> Nobody would care. All I have to do is appear and smile and say, grab her by the pussy. You know what I'm saying? I'm the best. I feel like this episode is triggering for you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, I should have kept Nero. <laughs> No, it's not really triggering. I just love when I can piece together the insanity of two different leaders. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just so much narcissism in the world. So <laughs> much. So I can see the patternization of the behaviors. And once you study it long enough, it's just it just all clicks. It's it all hits. Fascinating. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? I have only to appear and sing to have peace once more in Gal. He allegedly declared. But then another governor, Servius Sapatius Galba, in northern Spain, joined the revolt and declared himself emperor, inspiring no, inspiring more to rise up. The Senate declared Nero. Okay, so he just came from Spain and he was like, "I'm y'all's emperor now, bitch." Well, they're all Romans. Oh, he's their a Roman. Roman Empire was huge. I know, I know, but like, did he have like a way to the throne, or he was just... a Senate member? Oh, okay, like they're all in government. Gotcha. The Senate declared Nero a public enemy, and once the Praetorian Guard abandoned him, he knew it was the end. It's the House Democrats. Yeah. Declaring Trump a public enemy. See? Look at this. History repeats itself. The 30-year-old emperor-turned-enemy of Rome fled the city with nowhere to run or hide, and on June 9, 68 AD, he gave orders to the few men still with him, including his wife, Sporus. I like how to put wife in quotation marks. <laughs> Because it was a castrated boy. Yes. To dig a grave for him while he prepared to commit suicide. However, wow. for a man who had killed so many, dispatching himself wasn't such an easy task. He asked someone else to go first to set an example before begging his private secretary. I want to make that popular. What? Instead of kill yourself, hashtag dispatch yourself. Dispatch yourself. <laughs> but he needed somebody to kill himself first as an example. <laughs> Are you kidding? That's what, is that what this, was that what they're however, saying? However, for the man who had killed so many, dispatching himself wasn't such an easy task. He asked someone else to go first to set an example. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. And these people are brainwashed by him, so they're going to do it, aren't they? I don't know if they did it. He said before begging his private secretary, Epaphroditos? Epaphroditos. Okay, got it. To help drive the blade home. Nero, murderer, thief, sadist, tyrant, wanted to be remembered as something else. His final words were, oh, what an artist dies in me. Oh, my God. Puke. <laughs> Pathetic. I got some other fun facts about fun facts. So he did kill himself. He killed himself. He succeeded. He and succeeded. he had his secretary help drive the blade through yes. his heart. Yes. Oh, how artistic. What That's an, so beautiful. What an artist dies. What an artist he is. <laughs> funny it's so it's pretty funny he was a lot persecuting christians nero's atrocities atrocities against christians in the aftermath of the great fire of rome demonstrate just how brutal and violent he could be 
He devised elaborate ways to cause untold suffering, including crucifying his victims upside down and turning them into human candles for his garden. For his persecution... That candle shit is fucking crazy. It is insane. <laughs> for his, they used to call him the Antichrist. How much wax does it co- uh, take to cover a whole body? Right. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking wax. Like, I'm... Glad they were dead before they got waxed, because could you imagine just being dipped in hot... Or maybe that's what killed them. Oh, uh, you think he killed them that way? They said he crucified them. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. It was common in antiquity for letters and numbers to be transferable. And when Nero Caesar is written in Hebrew, it can be turned into the figure 666, the number of the beast. Oh, Because his full name... Oh, let me pull up Nero's full name. These people and their names... His full name is Nero Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. Which is, wait, so how do you get the sixes? I don't know. However, you have to break down the syllables or something? I think, however, it's written in Roman. Oh. Yes. Because the Roman letters? But not the whole name. It's just Nero Caesar. Oh, okay. When that's written in Roman, it breaks down to 666. 666. Oh, but his gotcha. full name is Nero Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. This it's that Germanicus part. I don't I don't like that part. You don't like that part? <laughs> he sounds like a germ. German. Germany. It just sounds like a German. <laughs> German. Persecuting the Christians. Can't be doing that. Murder. Despite having overtaken his younger stepbrother as Claudius's heir, Nero decided to eliminate the teenage rival Britannicus once and for all. According to Roman historian Satanius, he turned the woman named Lucusta to administer poison into his drink at a dinner party. Avoiding the food tasters by spiking not the warm wine, but the water used to cool it. They used water to cool warm wine? I guess. I don't know. That's so interesting. That was very interesting. If you could spoon feed that to us, um, even though guys haven't spoon fed us shit. Yeah, what's up with that? (laughs) I need to know things and I don't like doing research. I lie. Mandy did spoon feed me one thing. So shout out to Mandy. Shout out to Mandy. She a real one. Where the rest of y'all at? Yeah, where the rest of y'all at? (laughs) Sexual debauchery. Debauchery is like one of my favorite words. It is a great word. It's amazing. Debauchery. He may have not had relations with his mother, and the rumors, the rumors claim, as the rumors claim, but Nero's tastes were certainly depraved, Sustanius wrote. Virtually every part of his body had been employed in filthy lust. Wait, what? <laughs> Virtually every part of his body had been employed in filthy lust. Employed yes. in filthy lust. What does that mean? He goes on to say that Nero devised a game where he disguised himself in the pelt of a wild animal and attacked the private parts of men and women tied to stakes. Like with his hands, like claws? I don't know. I feel like there needs to be more details in that. Wow. Castration. When Nero saw the boy's words, he was so struck by how much he looked like his dead wife that he had him castrated and arranged a wedding ceremony. Complete with a dowry and a bridal veil. So at least, like, he paid for the boy. <laughs> Stealing! I'm so thank God. I'm so thankful for the modernization of, of our current society because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, these narcissists that are out running around right now starting cults and all that other shit, they'd be going to these links right. if they could get away with it. Right. That Nexium cult, you guys got to check that out on Stars. If you are still not trying to understand how people have become cult-like with following Trump and you're confused about it and you think that could never happen to me, you definitely need to watch that. Um, Teaches you a lot about coercive control 
And it's crazy. And I think that guy would have done it because right. he, so just a little aside about him. Um, he basically reeled all these women in until he finally had like an, a secret underground group of women that were controlling each other mm-hmm. because he would be like the, the top one. And then he would have people on tier one and tier one would control tier two and tier two would control tier three. Why does that feel like you watch Tiger King, right? Yeah. Doc Antler. Yeah. His same. Little... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was so weird. It was so They finally weird. shut his stuff down too. They did? They did. They came and took all his tigers too and shut his shit down. He was like, it was just watching him was so weird. The way yeah. he like, He's a total creepy narcissist. Yeah. Total. Like, anyway. Joe Exotic, you know, he had his issues. He's a total best, narcissist, too. Mostly. No, he he is. And narcissism. Yeah, he's clinically. But they were like they were like two different types. Like two different breeds of narcissism. Yeah. And Joe Exotic's an overt narcissist, and um the other guy is a covert narcissist. That covert's scary. The covert is more scary to me because it's harder to recognize. Right. And they're so calm. That's what that neurolinguistic programming is, right? People speak in these like very calm tones, and then you don't really know you're being manipulated. It was creepy. I, I had a hard time watching the parts of Doc. <laughs> He's creepy and and not attractive. No, <laughs> that makes it worse, right, for women? Right. I'm like, what? Are, what do you go with the tigers? Because <laughs> you know, tiger. all women love. It's the tigers. It's the power. It's yeah. the prestige. But no, like you know, we all grew up we're like cheetahs are cool. Tigers yeah. are. And Lisa Frank. <laughs> well, that's exactly how he got all those girls because they went in and just like the baby know, tiger wanted to take care of the baby tigers because yeah. they were cute. And he over here killing them. Anyway, <laughs> stealing. To pay for his gargantuan palace, Nero went to extreme lengths to squeeze all he could out of the empire. He had the temples raided, the silver currency devalued, and there are reports of him forcing the richest people in Rome to leave their properties to him in their wills before he made them commit suicide. Oh, they had wills back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Because in Britain, you didn't get a will. You maintained your position in the king's court. And if you lost your position, he stripped you of all of your property and lands. Uh, Rome was a very um, progressive yeah. culture. Yeah. But the whole leaving him in their wills before he made them commit suicide is a lot jesus christ what a psycho killing two wives and he didn't even get murdered no he killed himself isn't that the fucked up part yeah people just let this go on for years for years i mean from the age of 17 to 30 he was in charge wow moreover henry the eighth nero divorced his first wife octavia had her banished and then executed also he can wait were they just comparing him to Henry VIII? Yeah. Wait, go back a couple sentences. It just says moreover Henry VIII. Well, what was before that? It just says killing two wives. They're little excerpts. Oh, okay. Because Henry VIII did that also. Right. Yeah. yeah. He was a, he's like, ah, you don't give me sons. Die. Yes, die. Yeah. Nero divorced his first wife, Octavia, had her banished and then executed. Also, he could marry his mistress. Three years later, however, Papia died too. Supposedly when Nero kicked her in the belly while she was pregnant. Right. And then he marries Sporus. Right. Whom he kept until death. He kept until death. <laughs> wow. I think there must be something about that narcissistic control where controlling women is exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Enough. But then controlling 
another male is even more exciting. Right. Right. Because men are supposed to be more domineering. Yeah. So it really has nothing to do with, for a narcissist, their particular sexuality, because nothing has to do with like sexuality and love and real feelings. Mm -hmm. It's all just power and control. And so it's not even that they're necessarily gay or not gay or bisexual. It's just whatever brings them the most thrill of being able to control something. He just did a lot of shit. That's probably why he liked to be animalistic, too. Because then he can exert control in an animal form. Just any way to exert control. You want to talk about the good things he did? I mean, we can. Uh, It's kind of pointless. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the way the article listed That's how people get manipulated. They listed all these bad things. Trump Trump did some good things, so he's still a decent, halfway decent guy. It's like, no, people do those good things just as a way to keep you manipulated so they can continue to do the really bad things. But go ahead. A patron of the arts. (laughs) A key musician and actor. Nero built theaters, encouraged encouraged poetry and singing, and created festivals for artistic and athletic endeavors. Well, that's nice. Like, I don't have much else to say. Can you talk a little bitter about that? Right. (laughs) Able administration. The first five years of Nero's reign was defined by effective government policies, mainly down to his advisors, which benefited the poor and reduced corruption. Oh, yay. Yay. Firefighting. But didn't he only do all of that shit under the guise of the first two guys that were nice? So really, we can attribute all of that great stuff to those two guys. Yes. Which is... You know, Pence is not my favorite person, but I can attribute keeping Trump a bit under control to Pence. Dude, he unfollowed him on Twitter? Is that what happened? <laughs> Dude, he that did all kinds of stuff. That was fucking funny. <laughs> when Rome went up in flames in 64 AD, it has been said that Nero took an active role in helping his people. He arranged food deliveries and let his gardens be used by the homeless. Aww. So kind. How so kind. And then he made them all kill themselves and give them his riches. Oh, the home, he didn't make the homeless kill themselves. They oh. were homeless. You don't want their homes. They don't <laughs> want them. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. God. He was, he, oh, he, oh. If y'all know any Nero's out there, yeah. steer clear. Yeah. I like, um, you know, I've been doing the artists uh, lately. You know, some of the stories I've been doing artists mm-hmm. and poets and stuff. Um, I really enjoy these stories more to some degree just because they're so interesting and fascinating. And, you know, me, I could talk about narcissism and um, egoism forever. Forever. But, like, <laughs> I worry that, like, all of my stories are going to be about warning people about narcissism. And then this is just going to become a narcissism <laughs> channel. <laughs> Do you know a narcissist? Do you want to evaluate them? Uh, yeah. You should walk away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, nah, I got to do other stuff. But this was pretty dope. Nero's story is... Because I feel like Nero's story, there's a lot of layers. Yeah, like, and the layers um, obviously existed because people allowed this shit to go on for so long. I don't... I also think part of it, if he never... If he lived the life he was supposed to live as a normal person... Yeah. I don't think... I don't think so. I I disagree with whatever you're going to say. I don't think he would (laughs) have been capable of doing as much shit as he did i think he was no i mean he would be capable of doing it but he wouldn't be the emperor yeah no i agree with that i definitely agree with that i think people have this this kind of these kind of people have this stuff living inside of them right right and then they don't they get basically a a license to kill when they get to this certain level of succession and power he didn't need power he should have let his mother should let him be the artist he wanted to be 
Yeah, I mean, he maybe. And let him hoe around, because that's what artists... I'm joking. Yeah, then he would have just been like a low-grade narcissist, right. not a narcissist with a bunch of power and control. And I feel like low-grade is safer than... It's safer for society. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not safer for the people well, they come around. in contact with, because they do the, a lot of damage. But for, for the, the whole of society, yes, if he had not been escalated to power. But if he hadn't, someone else would have in that family line. But Britannica... And they're all crazy. We didn't know what Britannicus could be. Claudius is a Julius Caesar was a pretty good emperor. Claudius is a pretty good emperor. Yeah, I mean, I guess if he grew up with Claudius as a father, he probably would have been a pretty. But what's wrong with Claudius if he marries a, his crazy niece, right? Right. Like I don't know. Maybe she just was really good at manipulating him. She and might he have fell been an actual it. witch because he was a nice guy. <laughs> she may have been. I mean, she could swim. Well, maybe he knew Caligula. He's like, man, my nephew was wild and look, what he did to his sister. <laughs> Well, Annie's from the same bloodline, so, mm-hmm. you know, they'd yeah, like to keep it in the a lot of things um, behaviorally or with brain functioning or cognition or whatever genetics. So that's when you keep it in the family. All right. Well, I really enjoyed this story. Thank I'm you. I'm looking forward to what you bring us next. It won't be Nero. I'm going to work really hard at getting this Trump story going. You really want to do a Trump? It's going to be, it won't be a Trump episode. It'll be a Trump series. A Trump series. Yeah. I think he, he deserves a whole series. He has ruined lots of lives recently. Yeah. And part of me is like, I don't want to give this person more. Um, he doesn't deserve the kind of attention. Yeah. I don't no. want to give people more attention. But also, if we don't educate people, that's how history repeats itself. Right. right. So... We'll just keep talking about these crazy narcissists. I think we, if we do bad leaders, we have to do some good leaders to yeah. like level it out. To level it out. Like well, Abraham Lincoln was a decent leader, but he was, uh, he struggled with depression hella bad. Oh, did he? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, good. Yeah, let's do him. You do him then. Okay. Since you're so into that. <laughs> do we get to wear big, cool hats? We should buy some Lincoln hats. With like a little beard. And little beards. Oh. And we should make that our first YouTube official video The episode. Lincoln episode. <laughs> the Lincoln episode. We're Lincoln. We're Lincoln up. We're oh Lincoln. my God. There's so many hashtags. Even Winston Churchill too suffered severe. Like he was going through it. Mm, poor guy. Yeah. Well, when you're a nice person, being in a position of power is hard actually. Because you get forced into making decisions you don't want to make. Right. Which is why I've always strayed from leadership. Um, even though I feel like I would be a pretty good leader and I like to lead people, I don't want to be placed in the position where I have to make really difficult decisions. Also just sounds like too much luck. You know, I don't like being accountable. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just more so that I don't want to hurt people. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I got in a position where I had to lay people off, it would be very hard for me. You know, I don't want to hurt their families or yeah, I know I'm a sweetheart. If somebody was like, where can you go fire so-and-so? I'm like, yep, let me go do it real quick. Yeah. And when you're a good guy and you're in those positions, it's rough. Like, you know, the officer that um, allegedly committed suicide this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Sicknick is the officer who was beaten to death by the terrorists. But um, yeah. thank you for labeling that. <laughs> yeah. The fucking terrorists. Yeah. But um the other guy, the other officer, they said he was like one of the greatest officers ever, mm-hmm. right? And his dad, I guess, was a sergeant in arms at the Capitol at some point. And so can you imagine, like, he's a really good-hearted person and he feels like he's failed. Right. Right. And now people are dead because he couldn't save the world and do his duty that he swore an oath to. And then, then he goes home and commits suicide. Like, it's really, really sad. The whole, man, these jobs that people, like, 
they're rough. But the fact that we're good people and we avoid positions of power leaves those positions of power open for bad people. And so we're looking at you people in position. <laughs> we're looking at you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> so we really shouldn't shy away from that. Right. And um so I think that that's something that we we learn hopefully as a society right now, particularly with what's going on. Like, we also need those people who can discern between what I have to do as my duty right. and my own person. Yeah. Because a lot of people get into it and they get too... Uh, and I, I understand it. Well, it's hard to do psychologically. Yeah. Like anytime a person gets pushed into a corner, all of your cognitive thought processes kind of just go out the window because then you're functioning within your brainstem. You're in a fight or flight response and you're not able to slow down and make good cognitive decisions. Your brain literally shuts that part off for survival. And so I've tried to explain that to people when I'm telling them to have empathy about, you know, the current situations and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And the ex um, air force uh, girl who died at the Capitol, um, people are like, Oh, she must've just, she deserved it. She was a horrible person. She served and then she was treasonous to to our country. And, but then you look at her story, you know, and her family had been trying to talk to her for a long while to get her out of this. And she slowly just, dissolved into this level of coercive control where she was really no longer in charge of her own thoughts mm-hmm. because Trump and QAnon and all of the supporters initially just convinced her that whatever was going to happen was a threat to her life. And, and that's pretty much all you have to do. Cult, right. Yeah. Like you believe this is real. Yeah. And you believe that if you don't follow these principles, you're not going to have a good life. Your kids are not going to have a good life. They're not going to have the life. And so these people are really convinced. Doesn't mean they're right. Yeah. They feel they're right. But it's a thing, too. Like, you still need to be held accountable for that. They definitely need to be held accountable, but the people that manipulate them into the course of control need to be held more accountable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, like I was going to say, the the sociology of it is just that all you really have to do is convince people um, that they have something to die for because these people really think that we're going to become this big communist country now all of a sudden if Biden gets into presidency, right? Yeah, right. And so they're convinced that the country that they love and everything they've ever stood for and all that their lives stand for is now going to be gone and that that's going to infect their children and their grandchildren and... But they have two belief systems that are working against each other, if that's the case. Because if they believe everything in this country is ran by money, why would they think that the people with the money and the power are going to let the government control the society? I don't think they do realize that, actually. I think that it's really just about what aligns with your own personal beliefs. And that's how groupthink works. That's how religion works. Anything. I, I explained it in a very simple terms to one of my coworkers yesterday like this. You're in a desert, mm. okay? You um, haven't had water for five days. Ooh. You're laying in the sand. It's hot. Is it warm or hot, hot? Right. You're, you're laying in the sand. It's hot. The devil himself walks up to you and offers you a glass of water. Are you going to drink the water? Yeah. Yes. Right? So all we have to do is convince people that they're in a position with no other options. All we have to do is convince people that this is a life or death situation. Whether it really is or not is irrelevant. Whether the devil, and the devil doesn't even technically have to have water in his hand. Trump doesn't technically have to have what you actually want. 
He just has to convince you that he does. That he is able to get so you. So if the devil walked up to you and didn't have a cup of water in the hand, but he said, hey, I got some water over here. Follow me. You're going to get up and follow him. How hot is the devil? <laughs> <laughs> you're ridiculous. I mean, everything in your mind is going to be telling you, I should not do this. Right. This is the devil. Right. So it's the same thing you're saying. Right. Your mind is battling. Like, I should is, not do this. Is, is the devil like technically bad? Like he was an angel. <laughs> But also, <laughs> I'm going to die. Right. right. And so I don't have any choice but to trust the devil. Because what el- what's the like alternative? that's like a real extreme. Whereas people are still living their normal lives and have been throughout the entirety of this, of our culture. Particularly the people who are supporting them. Lives haven't been interrupted nearly as much as everybody else in this society. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to. Ha- that's the thing about coercive control. Yeah. Nothing actually has to happen. You just have to be convinced that it's happening. It has nothing to do with anything tangible. He has slowly, over time, convinced these people that their lives and their livelihood is threatened to such an extreme level. I just want to know where they got... The, I, like, I understand he convinced them, but I want to know what prior to what happened and what, as a history, as a country, and that we are makes them think that that is a thing that's going to happen. Uh, So here's the thing. This is how you get somebody to believe a lie. Mm -hmm. You tell two lies and one truth. Then there's enough truth to believe the lies. That's all it is, right? So most of this QAnon stuff started with um, Alex Jones back in the 80s or whenever it was that he got popular and he started to say all these people were going to this island and drinking blood and sacrificing themselves and it was all the political leaders and people in power and da 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 So that's really far-fetched, right? It's an extreme story, etc. But what happened? They said this has to do with pedophiles and not only pedophilia, but the fact that they need this adrenochrome from babies. Mm-hmm. Um so that they can drink it and it makes them powerful, okay? So how do you take babies? You steal them, whatever, right? You take young people, this adrenochrome comes from young people. They take the young people, they're pedophilic with them, then they murder them and they drink their blood, right? This is the whole theory of QAnon, if you didn't know this. Mm -mm. So- (laughs) I tell you, don't be following up on this shit. I was like, So this is the whole theory. So the average person is go, what the fuck? Yeah, right, this is insane, Mm -hmm. right? But then Epstein happens. Oh, God. Epstein. Now we have enough truth to believe all the rest of the lie. Right. Right. So all you got to do is mix in one one truth with two lies. And that's enough. So that's why people in positions of power and narcissism with coercive control techniques give enough. They'll, they'll do enough positive things because all you got to do is mix in a little positivity with enough lies. It's easier to believe the lies. So that's how it happens. It's that simple. And so now we're prosecuting Epstein. Epstein knows a lot of powerful people. Epstein didn't kill himself. He's, he's friends with a lot of powerful people, right? Right. So if this is true, well, what else could be true? Right. Right. And then that's it. You just. Do you hear somebody about Epstein Island? No, I didn't. I was like some Arabic billionaire. Really? Yeah. Creepy. Right. He's, well, the Arabics in a lot of the show. What was the show taken? Mm-hmm. The Arabics were like the main purchasers of the young girls in the sex slave trade well and part of their culture just speaks for that right because you're going to get 99 virgins when you go to heaven right i I don't want to say all of their culture um but you know the the extremists of those particular sides of that that part of that culture right 
So you never know. Maybe he's one of Epstein's main contributors. Yo. Also, they be wilding out there. So think about the prince who like keeps having his brothers killed and like in, in prison and stuff. Yeah. Have you heard about that? I have not, but we should talk about that on another episode. Because we are running kind of long. Because we are running kind of long. <laughs> People, we had a lot to say. We didn't even realize we had this much to we say. We didn't realize. I think the standing up definitely helps it does. us say more. We're going to stand up from now on. It's... And we're burning calories. Hey. Okay, that's why. This is a workout. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, we missed you guys. We're so happy to be back. We're so happy that you're here. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you know any Nero's in your life, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out so you don't end up on our show. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, so as we mentioned in our episode, we did launch our um, social medias. Fee has her own page. You can find her on Facebook. And you can find me on Facebook at Neurodiverse Nurse. You can check out my coaching website at the Neurodiverse Nurse.com. And you can also find us and support us on Instagram and Twitter at Mental Miss and Mysteries and on Facebook at Mental Miss and Mysteries. And you can also sign up for our Patreon if you would love some exclusive um, content, access to merch, whatever. We have to actually get enough subscribers to start producing that stuff. So we would love if you would sign up. You can sign up for the first tier for as little as $5. And so we'd love to keep bringing this content to you and we hope you'll check it out. Also, if you have any stories you'd love to share with the audience, we would love to share those and shout you out on the show. And you can hit us up at triplemcast at gmail.com with an email to share that story. So have a great day. Bye.